reading tonight from Matthew. It seems Matthew has been popular lately. It's always popular. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 7. And as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, What went she out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind? You've probably read this a few times. We have at different times. And wondered, what was he talking about? (laughs) What what did you go out in the wilderness to see? A, A reed shaken in the wind? Well, along the Jordan River, I've seen pictures there are there's growth there and they're considered reeds and they grow there by the Jordan River and probably many other places by lakes for instance you'll see underbrush and and, and so forth some trees along a, a lake and other rivers and and creeks and uh it kind of it helps it helps to hold the bank i guess that's the primary reason for something like that next to a river. But that wasn't what Jesus was talking about. He was just referring to this reed as uh, something almost, it's almost comical if you think about it, but you don't picture Jesus being comical. Uh, to think that, uh, what, what did you go out there for? Just to see this reed blown in the wind? Is that why you went down there to, 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 the, to the wilderness? And, and Jesus, of course, had been preaching uh, to multitudes of people at, at different points in time in, in the, through that period of time. And so they, there was a curiosity. There was an interest. And no doubt many people had heard about Jesus, but still were trying to put two and two together to figure out, what does it mean? What, what is, who is Jesus? Why is he here? And they, they knew there was a Messiah, some knew about the Messiah would come. And uh, Jesus pointed back at one point to the fact that uh, John, this particular John, uh, John the Baptist, we refer to him as, that he would come before him. But then when Jesus came down to that river to be baptized himself, that's when the announcement was made by John that this is the one. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. What a proclamation. It's, it's easy for us in many ways to kind of dissect the Scriptures because it's been years and years since that time and we've had plenty of time to look it over. But for the folks that were right there, they were a little mystified, I think, and curious. And it's a good thing because they got an interest in what was really, really important for their for their lives. Uh, the idea of being born again, we're acquainted with that terminology, the necessity that one's life can be transformed by the power of God, uh, by full surrender, uh, repenting of their sins and, and forsaking sin, and that the Lord would change their lives. Uh, we've we've seen, seen that in our own lives, where the Lord brought victory, where there was defeat. He brought hope where there was hopelessness. And and we thank God for that especially. I wanted to bring a reed with me tonight, but I didn't know anybody had any bamboo. 
kind of looks like bamboo, I think. But I still kind of picture that fluttering there. It gets pretty tall. And just there, and Jesus points, what, what did you come for? And I'm thinking, sometimes it's like that coming to church on Tuesday night or any night. What did we come for? Well, my mom said we're going to church. Or my dad said we're going to church. Somebody said we're going. Or you just said, well, it's time to go to church. I'm going to church tonight. Uh, But, you know, sometimes we have to kind of stir ourselves to the idea of why did we come to church? Some are talking about having been to Medford. We understand that. That's exciting to do something a little bit different. Sometimes it takes something different to jog our memory and to make us realize why we go to church or why we serve God, not just go to church. Some people can't even go to church, but they can serve God where they are, and uh, that's a good thing. Jesus went on in this particular uh, account to spell out more of the particulars of John the Baptist and, and so forth, the little details he threw in along the way. But tonight, we want to just kind of point to the fact that the Lord is capable of doing incredible things for people. His interest is you. His concern is you. He's not concerned about the color of the furniture or the type of of altars we have, things like that. They might be important to the architect, but to us, he's interested in us. He's concerned about our welfare, our spiritual welfare, that we can live for Him, that we can walk with Him, that we can trust Him. Trust is a big issue. Lots of people have a hard time trusting people, sometimes because they were fooled by people. And uh, But we can trust God. We can depend on God. And we, we've, we, we depend on what people tell us about God. So it's important that the, that we all have a, a reputation that we're believable. If we're not believable, why listen? Why tune in, you know? We want to be certain that the person who's, who's giving us information about God, that they actually know what they're talking about. And, and that's important. Jesus knew what he was talking about. And at the same time was he referring back to John. And, and, and he basically, he gave the testimony, John's testimony before them, uh, that you can depend on John, and it was his cousin as well. But he, and and, and you can see the, the the hurt when when John's life was taken, and when Jesus found out about that, that was just devastating, uh, predictable, I suppose, but still difficult to deal with. How hard that would be for any one of us to to go through something like that. But we don't live there. We live here. Isn't it's not so bad, is it? The the thirty hundred and thirty six chapter of Psalms. Uh, I always intrigued by that, or since I read it once in a while, I suppose that the hundred thirty sixth Psalm repeats itself over and over again. It's twenty six verses. The first verse just says, "Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good." We, we, that's good. Then he says, for his mercy endureth forever. And every single verse says the same thing. His mercy endureth forever. Think about that for a little bit. God's mercy endureth forever. 
Can you say that about everything about God? That everything that God says, it endures forever. His interest in our concern is forever. It's not like that uh, tomorrow is going to give up on us. No. His mercy is always enduring forever. It's completely dependable that we can look to His mercy that it endures forever. Even when you read when you read the whole psalm, the 136th psalm, I mean, it's, it's very interesting. And hath redeemed us uh, from our enemies. You can take that to work, can't you? And His mercy endureth forever. And so when you get out there in the real world, we can't always live here. We can't always isolate ourselves in the house of God. And I think there's been times you've probably felt that would be better. That would be kind of nice. We just kind of, some people say they want to live at camp meeting forever. They want to just go to camp meeting. They want to go to this special, special place and, and where everything is safe. You know, we're safe from the world. And then camp meeting ends and we get in our cars and drive home. And then we're back with our small little group where we live. And it's like, oh, wow, this is different. But the Lord's good. He goes with us wherever we go. Well, some of us have, have been in churches that are very small and others that are not as small. But no matter what, the Lord was there. God was good to be there with, with us and with you. Many of you have probably had the same experience. And, and the Lord was right there and you could depend on Him. And you prayed there pretty much the same way you'd pray here or anywhere else, depending on the Lord. You came to the Lord at some point. God saved you. Another point in your life, one mentioned about being sanctified tonight at, at one point in time. Another would say that they were filled with the Holy Spirit as, as they, they kept on praying, they just kept on believing God. God was there. That's God. He's dependable. I, I have an idea that we kind of forget sometimes a lot of things that we should remember. I think recent recent church magazines, there's a reference to that. But it's really true. You have to you have to remind yourself to remember sometimes. You have to remind yourself to remember what you need to remember. You remind yourself to look to the Word of God that encouraged you the last time. It will encourage you this time. Because the enemy would like us to forget it all, you know. But but the Lord would like us to be renewed in our own spirits, to be encouraged in the faith, to have an opportunity to draw near to God. There's no like advanced course where you know we get so old that we're you know it's it's, it's different then. We're just older, uh, but but we we receive what the Lord can provide every day, no matter where we are in life. God is ex- extremely kind that way. I, I like to think in terms of. Well, follow me on this, if you will, or I should say humor me. Uh, I like to think in terms of, of, of numbers sometimes. What what if, the what if, did they do what if once in a while? What if the entire chapel, this whole chapel, we wouldn't be in here at that moment, but would be all filled with gold coins. The whole chapel, I mean, all the way to the ceiling. Could you imagine that? That's kind of hard to imagine. But anyway, if it was that way, just all filled up with with uh, uh, gold coins at current value. And and they, they notify you. You get a phone call from somebody. My brother Jeff is over here. He found it because he, he came in in the morning at 
There's all these gold coins. What are we going to do? Got to get them out of here. So call the people around church. Come on over. Load up. Get these gold coins. Haul them out of here. And, and they just keep replenishing themselves. You get more and more and more. The young guys are saying, what would I do with gold coins? Well, trade them in. Buy a car, right? A nice car. A new car. Not one of those kind of cars you have to call your friends over to help push it to get it started. But a brand new car. That's, that's kind of a... I don't know if that's a guy thing or not, but I, I can't relate to the girls. But I think the guys would want a car, right? Girls probably just want a house or something. Okay, so that doesn't actually work so well. We don't think that's going to happen. What if then, let's change it a little bit, we fill the whole the whole chapel up with apples, with fruit, with oranges. Would anybody make the, the call? I don't know. The problem with fruit is it expires after a while. So you could get a few apples and take them home, refrigerate them, I guess, get some oranges, and, and it would be kind of kind of messy probably, basically. But But that's fruit. That's the way it is with things like fruit. They just don't hold up all that long. But they hold up for a little while, and they do have value. Maybe you could trade them in for Starbucks or something. I don't know. But that's the way it is with fruit. But there is something else that the Lord provides, and this is far more endurable than gold or apples. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Isn't that true? It, it's enduring. It, it will, will last. It will hold up in the good times. In the other times, it will it will be enduring forever. I almost wondered if you couldn't put each individual fruit that it mentions here in Galatians five twenty two. If you could insert that in in the scripture with the hundred and thirty sixth psalm and say, and it endureth forever. It would take a little while to do that. We won't do that. You can do that. This uh, verse says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. These, these are things that we, we uh, acquire, so to speak. They're attributes of, of godliness, of, of a holy God that He, he lets us be partakers of. That we can have this love and joy and so forth. We can have uh, this as, as, as God's people. We, we can have this enduring quality that, that holds up in the storms of life. And, and we need it because there's plenty of storms. And if we would focus rather, rather on the things like this, the things that are good for our soul, that are good for our minds, that are good for our hearts, and that have such enduring qualities, rather than focus on other things, why, the Lord could be a blessing at all times. Imagine again now that the whole chapel is filled with this fruit of the Spirit. It surrounds us. It surrounds our, our very existence, our very being. And it's not only in the chapel, but it's where we walk every day. Though we can live in a place where God's presence provides the nitty-gritty, so to speak, of 
of what we need as a people of God. All people need it for sure, but the people of God get to be recipients. Gentleness, how nice to have that available every day. Goodness, faith, a meekness. All these advantages. These are advantages. Christians have advantages. We have bonus opportunities in the gospel where the blessing of the Lord is readily available on a, on a, a everyday basis, every hour basis. When we walk out tonight, when we leave the chapel, we don't have to leave it behind. We, we, can, we can take it with us or be reminded. We already have experienced that. Everyone here, I'm pretty sure, has experienced every one of this fruit of the Spirit. But we, we need to remind ourselves that the Lord wants us to be encouraged daily, to get strength from the Word of God. There's not too many places where you can get strength from. You see people in the world that do not know God, they go to, in the wrong direction to find strength to just exist another day. It's pretty sad. But this isn't sad. This is the good news. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ that says you can have something worthwhile and enduring on a regular basis. Focus on the victories. Focus on those places in your life where the Lord, where the Lord won. He won the victory for you. Focus on the places where God won the victory for a family member. Focus on the places where God met the need at hand and brought victory and hope for today and for tomorrow if, if the Lord should tarry. We're going to have a time to stand tonight to sing a song, 183, and have a time for prayer.